0: In Week Three of the 2020 NFL season, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defeated the Denver Broncos to advance to two and one on the year. We'll recap the game and listen in as Bucs Nation reacts on this Victory Monday episode of the Locked On Bucs podcast.
1: You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa
2: Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: What's up and welcome back to the Locked on Bucks podcast brought to you by Visa. Help support your local businesses, whether they're your corner stores, coffee spots or favorite shops. Local businesses have always been on your team supporting you and your community. But right now, more than ever, local businesses need our support. So let's be there for them. The next time you go shopping, make the choice to shop at local businesses and look for the contactless symbol and tap to pay with Contactless Visa to help support your community because where and how you shop matters. Visa everywhere you want to be, official partner of the NFL. I'm James Yarko, joined as always by David Harrison. You can find everything that we're doing over at bucksnation.com and make sure you follow along on Twitter at lockedonbucks, at jarko underscore bucks, at dharrison82 and at bucks underscore nation and now your lead tampa bay buccaneer story from james yarko and david harrison of the locked on bucks podcast
3: great job by pat o'connor blocking that punt getting it started um, heck of a job by chris getting it in the end zone turning that into a touchdown and, and we've started fast in every ball game we get a lead and we, we have to develop a better finish I won't say a killer instinct, just a finish. And uh,
4: yeah.
3: uh we came out, we, we answered when they scored, we scored, but again, way too many penalties offensively, second and first and twenty every series it seemed like. Like the way we ran the ball and finished it out. But uh yeah, defensively uh did a heck of a job.
2: That was Tampa Bay Buccaneers head coach Bruce Arians. Speaking to the media following his team his team's week three victory over the Denver Broncos in Denver, Colorado to move to two and one. On the season he was referring to the block punt that came on the on the end of the denver broncos first possession blocked and recovered by patrick o'connor which led ultimately to a 10-yard pass from tom brady to wide receiver chris godwin as the buccaneers jumped out to a seven to nothing lead just barely past the 10-minute mark in the first quarter which is where the score would sit until the tampa bay buccaneers added a 43-yard field goal from field goal kicker ryan suckup matched later by a 56-yard kick from Brandon McManus to make it 10-3 to at the end of the first quarter. Early on in the second quarter, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers extended their lead after Tom Brady found wide receiver Scotty Miller for a 47-yard gain and then ultimately hit star wide receiver Mike Evans for a one-yard touchdown score, expanding the lead to 17-3. to Before the half, they were able to extend the lead to 23-3 to following another Tom Brady to Mike Evans' one-yard connection. Unfortunately, the Denver Broncos were able to catch up a little bit right before halftime as quarterback Jeff Driscoll hooked up with wide receiver Tim Patrick on a seven-yard route where Patrick beat defensive back Carlton Davis for the score, making it 23-10, to 10, Tampa Bay heading into the half. The
0: Buccaneers offense started the second half with the ball and stalled out after just six plays and 26 yards, forcing them to To punt, but it was the defense that would come up big, sacking quarterback Jeff Driscoll and getting a safety to get the ball back. That's when the wheels really started to fall off for the offense. Not only did they get a penalty on the free kick by the Broncos, sending them all the way back to the 25 yard line, but it was a holding call on Alex Kappa that would knock 10 yards off of one of their plays. Ronald Jones had rushed for 14 yards back to the 50-yard line. Run is negated, offensive holding, and uh, the Bucks would march back to their own 36 Forcing a first and 20. Unfortunately, the Bucks were then forced to punt. It was a couple of more punts from, from each side. And then it was Levante David that comes up with a big interception thanks to the pressure that the Buccaneers pass rush was able to get on Driscoll. But the Buccaneers can only muster a field goal out of it to take the score up to 28-10. Finally, the Broncos ended up benching quarterback Jeff Driscoll in favor of backup quarterback Brett Ripien, who uh, looked actually pretty good in his first NFL action, marched them down the field 60 yards until it was safety Mike Edwards who made an incredible one-handed grab in the end zone to intercept the pass. The Bucs were able to run out the clock, and that's where it ends. 28-10, to 10, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers over the Denver Broncos in Mile High Stadium, bringing their record to 2-1 and one on the season. And as of this recording, we're not sure what happened in the Packers and Saints game, but the Buccaneers could be in sole possession of first place in the NFC South come Monday morning. Coming up in just a moment, we are going to get our voicemail reactions from members of Bucks Nation as they have some things they'd like to talk about in this week three matchup. But first, a shout out to our friends over at CBDMD. It doesn't matter if you're a professional athlete, a stay-at-home parent, or you spend eight hours a day in an uncomfortable office chair. Everyone needs support to make it through the day. Luckily, our friends at CBDMD have an amazing duo that can help you relax, regroup, and recharge when life gets chaotic. CBD Freeze with Menthol is an award-winning product that offers instant cooling relief for muscles and joints in a convenient and easy-to-use roller or a shareable squeeze tube while CBD Recover combines CBD with inflammation-fighting compounds like Arnica and Vitamin B6 to give you the support you need where it matters most. And to make it even easier to try this amazing duo of topicals and everything else CBDMD has to offer, they're offering all of our listeners 25% 25% off your next order when you use promo code LOCKED ON NFL at checkout. Once again, that's CBDMD.COM. Promo code LOCKED ON NFL for 25% off your purchase of superior CBD oil products
2: from CBDMD. Victory Monday here at the Locked on Bucks podcast. David Harrison and James Jarko of BucksNation.com here to talk about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers' week three win over the Denver Broncos. But we're not going to do it alone because we've got Bucks Nation calling in, leaving voicemails, letting us know what they think and what they want to say about the game. So let's get it kicked off right now, James, with Youssef out of Phoenix. Hey,
4: guys, this is Youssef out in Phoenix. Uh, the game just got over. Uh, very pleased with the offense this week. Um, you know, again, uh, we need to learn to keep uh, a the metal in the second half. But, you know, other than that, I was pretty pleased. Uh, we got a little sloppy on the offensive line as well towards, you know, the second half. But, you know, the one thing that's different from uh, last year opposed to this year, and I said it on Twitter um, a little bit ago, you know, we would – give the other team, we would get the other teams back in the game because of our turnover mistakes that Winston would make this year. It's different. It's about control this year. Um, and we're able to control our lead and we're able to make better decision making by, you know, Brady, he'll take the sack. I know it's not the best thing, but it's better than we would have done last year. So I, I had a great time watching the game and, you know, one game at a time, not getting too high or too low as always, um, Thanks, guys,
0: and keep uh, what you do. Yeah. Yousef, always great to hear from you, my friend. Look, yeah, I mean, they, there have been some struggles in the second half of games these last two weeks for the Buccaneers. But, David, maybe you can help me remember, I believe it was Bruce Arians that said that this team is essentially still playing in the preseason. You know, they're still trying to get some of the kinks out, still trying to work through some things. But they're winning while they're improving, and that's the important thing. Yeah, the second half has been has been pretty shaky, but the Bucs have outscored their opponents 31 to nothing in the first quarter through the first three weeks of the season. That's the most in the NFL. So they're coming out hot. It's about being able to stay consistent and continue that style of play into the second half. They're gonna get there. They're going to you know, get those kinks worked out, not a big deal. Yeah, the offensive line definitely needs some work. I talked about it in my in my pick six that comes out on Monday morning. Too many penalties, too many drive-killing, big play-negating penalties, and too much pressure on Tom Brady in this game. He got hit quite a few times. He was sacked, I believe it was two plays in a row, three or four times in the game. I can't remember off the top of my head. I know it was at least three um, that's too much. That's too much pressure on your quarterback. But, yeah, the big, tur- the, the big difference this year is the turnovers. You, you look at you. Know, Brady had a shaky first game, turned the ball over a couple of times. Last week against the Panthers, he has an interception. This week, zero turnovers for this Buccaneers team. Three touchdowns, no interceptions for Tom Brady. That's what you like to see. Again, they're winning while they're getting better, and that's what you want out of this football team. So, with that, uh, we are going to kick it over to an excited Tampa Bay Rays fan. They won the AL East. They're the one seed in the MLB playoffs, and I know he's over the moon about it, but he wants to talk a little football, and that's our buddy Matt from Morvin, Georgia.
3: Fire the cannons! Bucks win, boys! Matt from Morvin, Georgia here. I got to tell you, that's a mo- lot more like it right there, man. I am fired up. Tell you what, those pewter jerseys, man, that is one of the most unique looks in the league right now. I think I'm going to have to get live with 45 and order me one. But I got to tell you, I think Shaq listened to last week's podcast and he heard me. He said, you know what? I'm going to go out there and I'm going to do something about it because Shaq is back, boys. OJ had some great plays and he had that one amazing catch. I love seeing that. Scotty Miller had a totally insane catch. Mike came alive today in the red zone. Chris Godwin had a big game. I hope he's okay I don't know. I still don't know what's wrong with him. You know, as a defense guy, I love seeing the sacks from the safety. Solid kicking game. I think we can all say as Bucks fans, that's awesome. David, I love seeing him with his 12th career interception today. Mike Edwards with his first career. Nina Bea, bomb hand and everything got his first sack today. That's great. I know, I that think that's hilarious that Kappa got a double penalty for totally flattening two guys. <laughs> I don't know what you say about that. Uh, awesome game. Totally pumped. Go Bucks.
2: All right, Matt, always fun to hear from you, buddy, on the show. And, of course, it's always more fun to hear from you after a win. And then you were on Twitter there showing the video of you firing your mini cannon. Uh, absolutely love it, brother. And as far as the pewter jerseys are concerned, yeah, I mean, I really like them, too. I was excited when they revealed them. And I was really excited to see them on the field. And then after, the, after seeing them today against the Denver Broncos or on Sunday, rather, uh, yeah, they look clean, man. They look sharp. And, I mean, it, it goes back to the old adage, right? Look good, feel good, feel good, play good. And this defense, at least, is definitely playing really well the offense is playing well at times as well uh, for Sha- Shaquille Barrett. looked. I really hope to see Shaq get three sacks today. He almost did it many, many times. I mean, if, if you, if you pile up all the pressures he put on Jeff Driscoll, I think it actually totals up to like another sack. So maybe the NFL uh, will do the right thing and credit him with a third sack, but either way, uh, two sacks in his return to Denver, definitely showing the Broncos what they missed out on and what they really took for granted. I mean, honestly, that's, that's kind of just the way that it works. I mean, spending a high draft pick on a guy like Bradley Chubb when you have Shaquille Barrett there in your backyard. And, and if you listen to the guys from Colorado during this week, it's not like people didn't know Shaquille Barrett was, was talented when he was with the Broncos. It's just the Broncos didn't realize how talented or how, how much energy he was going to bring to the field. Hey, look, their loss is the Buccaneers game, and, and we're all enjoying watching him chasing around opposing quarterbacks all over the field. Yeah, Scotty Miller continues to look really good, continues to impress. Mike Evans getting on the scoreboard not once. But twice, Chris Godwin before his injury doing really well. Yeah, we all hope that Chris is doing well. Another hamstring, it looks like, and that's what the report was. So we'll have to see just how bad it is. Uh, defensive back performances, man. This defensive back group, you know, they were kind of the main concern during the offseason outside of the offensive line, which is always a concern in Buccaneers land. Uh, but outside of that, it was a young defensive back group, and they just got younger, losing MJ Stewart, adding Antoine Winfield Jr. only made the group younger. But the rookie, man, he's, he's just playing with his hair on fire. Uh, sacks in back-to-back games. The first Buccaneers r- rookie to have sacks in back-to-back games since Noah Spence did in t- 2016. It's not that long ago, but the fact that this is an undersized safety defensive back, kind of a tweener guy doing it just makes it that much more uh, impressive. Would have come down with an interception. I can't remember who his teammate was or which DB it was, but he had a beat on a ball and another DB came in and tried to make a play. I mean, hey, not, not going not gonna to throw shade at him for trying to make a play. But what he doesn't know, what he's gonna see on film and you know, 2020 being hindsight or hindsight being 2020, is he's gonna realize that he just took an interception away from Winfield Jr. He would have had an even better game uh, had that happened. And then yeah, Alex Kappa, I mean, double holding, you know what I mean, taking two guys down. I mean, you don't want to break the rules and all that stuff. But you guys gotta admit, especially from a guy like Alex Kappa, uh, we've talked about his his body and the way that he came into this season ready to be an interior offensive lineman. That just shows it right there, taking two dudes down at once, getting both those flags. Fortunately for him, the the Broncos can only accept one, so it only counts as one. Uh, there were some things that the Buccaneers need to clean up that Matt kind of mentioned. Uh, wide receiver drops, obviously, need to get better. The zone coverage, I think everybody kind of, you know, has, has a little bit of a problem with that. Bruce Arians mentioned that in his postgame press conference about the defense giving up that touchdown there at the end of the first half. Look, there's a lot of game left to play. You let a team like the Broncos come a touchdown back to, uh, to within, you know, catching up to you or whatever, even when you're still up by multiple scores. You don't ever want to do that. You just want to make a policy as a defense to not do those kinds of things. Obviously, the team came out with a win, so it's no harm, no foul. But you have to know that Todd Bowles and those defensive coaches are going to be getting in those guys' ears saying, hey, even when we're playing zone coverage doesn't mean we just give up scores. But overall, a good performance. Uh, another voicemail we've got coming up, Tyler from Boston coming in uh, with, with some insights of his own. So, James, let's, uh, let's fire it over to Tyler.
5: What's up, boys? Tyler from Boston. Great game for the Bucs, and it's. It's just so satisfying when you're able to take advantage of a banged-up football team and really just take care of business in a game that you're supposed to win, which I think we did. It was a complete team win on the offense. You know, Brady, of course, had his best game of the year, doing most of it in the first half, but you'll definitely take 303 with no turnovers and in Denver of all places. Um, we escaped the injury bug last week, but it looks like Godwin has an issue with the hammy, and I think you knew as you saw it, and I really hope the hammy curse doesn't come back to bite us again. So I hope he gets better soon. But really, the story of the day was defense. Um, usual key players did great, but of course, everyone was looking at that revenge game narrative for Jack Barrett and man, did he deliver! I know that I had to feel good for him, and you know that this this whole Bucks defense has to be feeling good as a whole. They played great all year, and you know you're doing something right when they bench your QB. And I'm just thankful that they didn't have Nick Foles. So, go Bucks! Let's do it again next week.
0: Tyler, thank you very much for the call. I love the uh, shot that you just took at the Atlanta Falcons because that's hilarious. Um, Yeah, this is something that good teams do. Good football teams go out and win games that they are supposed to win. And that is not something that the Buccaneers have been able to do in recent years. In fact, it's always been the, what's the game that the Bucs are supposed to win that they're going to go out there and blow. And that wasn't the case today. Again, Uh, You know, Tom Brady had a really, really good game. It's his best game so far as a Buccaneer, and we'll take that. As I said earlier, you're winning games while still improving. That's what we want to focus on. The Godwin injury is definitely something that we are going to keep an eye on. We are going to monitor because that could be a, a really, really big blow to this offense if Godwin is out for any extended period of time. And, David, I don't know what it is about these hamstrings in Tampa Bay but they're snapping like rubber bands all over the place. Uh, Shaquille Barrett, David, I I can't really add on to anything that you already said. It was great to see him out there. And it was something that I was saying, David, while you were gone and and people were saying, why haven't we seen Shaq? Why haven't we seen Shaq? Well, Shaq's output in 2019 is probably never going to happen again. I mean, 19 and a half sacks, that's a ridiculously high number. Offensive coordinators are game-planning to keep Shaq out of the game, and as a result, it's been Jason Pierre-Paul who has gotten sacks. It's been Devin White that has gotten sacks. It has been and Sue that has gotten sacks. Antoine Winfield Jr. coming off the edges because offensive coordinators are focused on stopping Shaquille Barrett. This time, it was just too much emotion for Shaq. Nobody, and I mean absolutely – nobody was going to stop him from getting to the quarterback in this one, but he has opened things up for the other guys on this team. This defense looks really good. I saw a friend of the show, J.C. Cornell, tweeted out, and I couldn't agree more. When are we going to stop talking about this Bucks defense as a potential top five and talk about them being arguably the one of the absolute best in the NFL? I think – it's a two-team race for the best defense in the NFL between the Buccaneers and the Pittsburgh Steelers right now. These are two dominant units. So, Tyler, appreciate the calls all. David, we got one more that we're gonna hit, and it's from our good buddy Ben. Hey guys, this
1: is Ben from LA. Good win. I wanted it to be a more of a dominating win from the Bucks. Wanted to see Tom Brady go for five touchdowns over a poor Bronco defense. The Broncos looked actually pretty good uh more than expected i'm actually curious as to why format didn't uh get the ball more often i felt like that would have opened up more opportunities for the offense for tom brady to get that five td it was nice to see evan evans and godwin and gronkowski offensive line still inconsistent in those penalty drive kills. uh Bonob and Smith, is there anything we can do with that? Can we bench the guys or somebody that can play better than him or switch him out? That was one of my questions for you guys. Uh, our defense was
5: stout, five sacks, killer, love it.
1: I wanted them to be more dominating and shut down a guy that I'd never even heard of. He went five for five, so that was kind of disappointing. Overall, it's a great win. I just want to see a dominating win. I want it to be more of a, a signature win to let people know we are for real. So, other than that, great to see a Bucks win. Hope you guys are safe. Again, this is Ben from L.A., big Buck fans, and I'm hoping for another win next week against the Chargers.
2: All right, Ben, appreciate the call, brother. And we did get your first email. So, yeah, Ben actually called in twice, wanted to make sure that he got his message across. We, had, we did get your first one, but, hey, man, nothing wrong with calling back and making sure that we hear you. Uh, look, as far as want more for the Buccaneers, I think we all kind of agree. I think we all want to see this team play really strong for four quarters, especially against the team that you're supposed to beat. I mean, it's good, like Tyler said, uh, to win a game that you're supposed to win, but you want to see a team win a game you're supposed to win and win it in all four quarters. Uh, now, I wouldn't necessarily say the Broncos beat them in any one quarter, but I think that the Buccaneers didn't win as much as they could have, if if that makes any sense. Uh, And believe me, I think the message in the locker room right now, they're all going to enjoy being two and one being over 500 heading into their game against the Los Angeles Chargers. but they're all going to be pressuring each other and challenging each other to perform even better. Uh, As far as Leonard Fournette, Look, I don't know. I don't. I can't tell you. I can't get in the coach's head. I mean, we, we basically saw what they said they were going to do, which is continue to work Fournette in slowly and more later in the game than, than, than so much earlier in the game. If you look at the stat lines, guys, Ronald Jones was averaging over four yards per carry, whereas Leonard Fournette was averaging just over two yards per carry. And then even if you take off Ronald Jones's longest run of the game, which is 13 yards, he's still averaging over three yards, whereas when you take Fournette's longest run off the board, he now he's averaging one and a half yards. So really, I mean... You guys heard me all week. If you, if you listened to the show last week uh, leading up to this Broncos game, you know that I was expecting more from the running game, or at least I was hoping to see more from this running game. And I think that's kind of the theme of this call is is wanting more. And believe me, I don't think that fans are alone in wanting to see more from this unit. Uh, as far as Donovan Smith is concerned, I, I think we're, we're probably going to get asked this question almost every week, unfortunately. Look, guys, I said it last week. Uh, I'm, I'll say it again this week. I'll say it every week until the end of the season and hopefully maybe until draft time. Right now, Donovan Smith is the best left tackle on this Tampa Bay Buccaneers roster, and that's just how it is. Uh, Tristan Wirfs is a right tackle. They've not trained him to be left tackle. They're not cross-training him to be a left tackle. And it makes no sense of one-fourth or one-quarter of your way into your season when you're in the green, when you're 2-1 and or maybe 3-1 and after next week to make that kind of a change on your offensive line. You're just inviting more problems than anything. Uh, As far as Brett Ripon going 5-for-5 before that interception, yeah, guys. I mean, it's you know, it's and it, it's garbage stats. It is what it is. Hopefully, this team's going to get a signature win. Leonard Fournette. If you paid attention to the early broadcast, said he's thinking week five is probably when they're they're going to get really rolling. Uh, so hopefully, we see that. And I think that we will see the Buccaneers get a signature win here sooner or later. But honestly, even if they were to have dominated, let's say they came out of this game forty-two to ten and just dominated from start to finish, I mean, is that really the win that everybody's like? You're not going to go into December arguing with your buddy who is a Colts fan or, I don't know, a, a Cowboys fan or a Packers fan saying, well, did you see what they did to the Broncos in week three? No, you're not. So really, this wasn't going to be their signature win anyway. You're looking for a game against like the Packers or the Chiefs or something like that to be that signature win. They've got time to build. The good news is we're seeing improvement every single week. So gentlemen, of course, we appreciate your phone calls and we look forward to hearing from more of you throughout the week and of course, throughout the rest of the season as we keep those phone lines open during this 2020 campaign. Coming up here in our final segment, we're going to give our best and our worst things, performances, features, whatever you want to call it, from the the Buccaneers week three win over the Denver Broncos and our final thoughts. But before we do that, we got to share with you a message from our good friends over at Built Bar. I actually just received the latest shipment of my own order of Built Bars because I'm actually fully completely hooked on this product and the improved built bar is even better than the original. They still have their 18 amazing flavors and they've got six new flavors, including caramel brownie cookies and cream and lemon almond cheesecake. Built bars are still covered in 100% chocolate. They're softer and easier to chew than than they were even before. And they're great for the health conscious person, whether you're trying to lose or maintain weight or whether you're using them in your diet to try to help your calorie intake, your sugar intake, and they're high in protein, high in fiber. Great for the keto diet, go to builtbar.com right now and use promo code locked on, and you'll get $10 off of your next order. Again, that's promo code locked on for $10 off your next order at builtbar.com.
0: Wrapping things up here on a Victory Monday edition of the Locked On Bucks podcast. And David, it is time to get to our best and worst of the week. I'm the kind of guy that likes to save the best for last, so I'm going to start off with my worst. My worst in the week three win over the Denver Broncos is the offensive line. We talked about it in the last segment with some, with some of the voicemails and it's too many penalties. It's, not holding up in protection. It's allowing too much pressure on Tom Brady. It's not opening up holes for Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette in the run game. This offensive line has to continue to get better. I'm not mad at Alex Kappa for the holding call. The guy's a beast. I like the fire that he played with. I think it's unfortunate that he was called for holding. But if you're going to tackle two 350-pound men, one with each arm, that's impressive, but the Bucks have got to clean it up.
2: All right, so James, since you're saving your best for last, I'm going to do my best for first, <laughs> of course. Makes sense. Uh, to me, the best – I mean, it's a young secondary, man. I know, that, uh, I know that Sean Murphy bunting went out with an injury, and that's unfortunate, but even without that, even with Mike Edwards coming in, Antoine Winfield Jr. stepping into a role that we really haven't seen him play as much as he had to play today against Denver. I mean, not only did Antoine Winfield Jr. drop down into the box – And play well. He actually, I think he almost played better. And it's almost kind of like, wow, man, imagine what this guy could do if he was in that position. But when Sean Murphy Bunting is on the field, obviously, Antoine Winfield Jr. is better suited back there in the defensive backfield where he has been. So it just leaves me more impressed with what this young secondary can do, because even without one of their best players on the field for a great portion of this game, they were able to come out, ball out. Uh Jerry Judy still very talented. KJ Hamler, very talented. Tim Patrick, very talented, et cetera, et cetera. These are still NFL receivers, tight ends like Noah Fant. And they were able to bottle them up and keep them from really doing a lot of damage and getting on a roll. So to me, the best is that young secondary. The worst. Uh you know, it's 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 kind of in line with the with the whole offensive theme. But I'm gonna go penalties. You know what I mean? Because I think when you look at the second half of this game, you look at the second half of of all of these games, really. I mean, New Orleans, Carolina, all of them. Uh, especially the games where they're playing from ahead, you see a little bit of a chill and just kind of cruise mode, and then you get a little bit lazy. When you get lazy, you lose some of your discipline, that's when those penalties pick up. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers had two penalties in the entire first half. It was great. It was an amazing, amazing production from this team. And then the second half, they had seven combined penalties. Not all of those were on the offense. and you You mentioned the one on the safety kick and all that stuff, but the fact that this team came out of the locker room in the second half Uh, With this game kind of under control, instead of saying, we're going to put, you know, as one of the callers said, we're going to put the pedal to the metal. What they did is they came out and said, we're just going to chill and wait for Los Angeles. That's not the, that's not a winning attitude that's going to get you a championship. And that's where they need to fix it. To me, the penalties are the biggest physical demonstration you can see to that lax attitude and I hope the coaches are definitely in their ears about that on the way home and then next week at work all
0: right I had Antoine Winfield Jr. down as my best but I also kind of assumed that was the direction you were gonna go so I got a backup here's my backup best of the week and it is the Brady to Gronk connection getting going Rob Gronkowski led all receivers tight ends all players with seven targets on the day, came down with six receptions, 48 yards. And in my bold predictions over at BucksNation.com, I had said that my bold prediction was that Gronk was going to lead the tight ends in targets, receptions, yards, and he was going to get in the end zone. Two for four is not bad. Targets and receptions I'll take. He was one yard shy of O.J. Howard, who had that long 33-yard reception, which put him over the top. And on one of those sacks that Brady took, he was looking for Gronk, but the the coverage was just a little too good. So it's nice to see that connection getting going. Hopefully, like the rest of the offense, it continues to get better week by week as they continue to string together wins. Final thoughts on the week. I know one of our callers, I can't remember which one, and I apologize for that. They said they were looking for that signature win. Here's my thought on that. You are not going to get your signature win against a depleted, beaten, and injured Denver Broncos team. This was a good win. This was a win that they were supposed to have. When you take a look at these two teams on paper, you say the Bucs should win this game. My prediction for this game was 34-10. to 10. I didn't get to say it on the podcast because, David, you did it on the crossover, but That was my prediction. I expected a big win from this team, and they instead of winning by 24, they won by 18. That's a big win. It's not your signature win. I want that signature win to come against a team like New Orleans, like Kansas City, against a team that they might run into – come January but they are headed in the right direction they are on the right trajectory and that's what I want to see in the first quarter of the season out of this football team
2: yeah I mean you're not you know Kobe's never you're never gonna look at like Kobe Bryant's career and say he had a signature win against the pre Antetokounmpo Milwaukee Bucks like it it takes a level of competition to be called a signature win I use Kobe because Ben's from LA so hopefully I don't know if he's a Lakers fan, but he's going to get the reference. It works for me. Kobe's Kobe. Right. So my final thought is about the comments about slow second halves. And, and, here, and here's the thing. I'm not a conspiracy theorist, okay, but I do enjoy a good conspiracy. So I'm going to kind of cook up my own conspiracy that I have zero evidence for. What if the offense didn't actually come out and struggle in the second half? The offense actually came out and said, we're not going to show anything else to our future opponents. The more they do against the Denver Broncos, the more they do against Carolina Panthers when the game is kind of in hand. I mean, not from a score standpoint necessarily, especially against Carolina, but I mean, you guys got the feeling the Buccaneers kind of controlled that game, lean on that defense, but the Buccaneers offense has wrinkles that they can hide. They have features in their, see, in their scheme, in their playbook that they can hide from guys like the Packers, from guys like the Chiefs. So I almost kind of wonder if what we're seeing in the second half isn't so much the team kind of getting full of themselves, if you want to call it that, but more so a strategic thing so that those guys don't have as much to study from. Again, it's a conspiracy theory, absolutely baseless, but I like it. It it runs in my head. So that's kind of my final thought is, are we really seeing slow second halves or are we seeing a tactical restriction of the offense to prevent intel for the enemy?
0: I like the thought process. Coming up tomorrow, we're going to need some more of your voicemails. Look, I'm going to be flying solo, so I need your help on this one. We're going to take another look at this game. We're going to be focusing on some of the day after game press conferences. So if you're able to catch those and you know maybe there's something that David and I didn't cover on this episode that you want to talk about, go ahead and give us a call at 813-444-5841. Again, the number is 813 444 5841 Let us know what your reactions are, what lessons you learned, and uh, you know, anything that wasn't already covered on this episode. You can also check out everything going on over at BucksNation.com. Make sure you follow along on Twitter at LockedonBucks, at Jarco underscore Bucks, at dharrison82, and at Bucks underscore nation. Positive vibes to the lightning tonight, everybody. I asked for positive vibes twice last week. They won both times. Couldn't do it for Saturday's game. We need positive vibes. Let's win the cup tonight. Hope you all have an absolutely outstanding day. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Wash your hands. Be good to each other. And we thank you so much for joining us right here at Locked On Bucks.